for me to draw near to you but you clothed yourself with frail humanity you did not wait for me to cry out to you but you let me hear your voice calling me and i'm forever So as we get ready for the, for the message today, I just want to take a moment and just ask God to bless our time together. Lord, we are so grateful and so thankful that you are here with us this morning. We just pray as we enter into this time of studying your word that we would be drawn closer to you. May our hearts and minds be open to what you want to say. And most of all, Lord, may you speak so that we can hear from you. And help us to listen, Lord, so that we, we may clearly hear you. So our prayer this morning is that we would have more and more of you and certainly less of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning we were talking about we believe. Last week, Pastor Michael took some time to talk about scars. And he offered us hope for our scars to find healing in Jesus. The simplicity and power of that message last week is simply in the message that Jesus has the power to heal our scars. What an incredible message. So this week I wanted to share a little bit about my scars and just kind of set up this morning. Uh, you know, some of us have, are really good at putting ourselves in situations where we get scars. And so I am one of those people that have lots of them. But I just want to share a couple with you this morning because I want you to understand my scars, almost all of them are a result of my desire to prove something, to enhance my pride, or to engage in some kind of adventure or challenge or competition that was important to me. But Jesus' scars were a result of his love for us. Think about that for a minute. Many of you may have scars this morning, but Jesus' scars, the ones on his hands and feet, were there and are there today because he loves us. And he wanted to demonstrate to us not only how much he loved us, but that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way for us to experience eternal life 
in heaven. So this morning, my scars. So if you were talking to me and you were paying attention, you would notice that I have several overlapping scars right here. I started young and I started early. You see, at five years old, my first scar right between my eyes came from bouncing on my parents' bed. And as I was bouncing on their bed at five, I took a nice leap into the headboard and got my very first scar between my eyes. That one only took five stitches, so that wasn't too bad. So then the second one, all I'm going to say is it's from a racket. I'm not going to tell you how it happened, um, but I got hit with a racket between the eyes. So that was the second one. The third one uh, came with a little bit more story. So I want to share that with you. So I love to ski, and I've been skiing since I was very young. And after learning how to ski, my favorite thing to do when skiing was to either go over moguls, if you know what those are, those are the bumps on the hills that most people avoid. I don't. Um, and the other thing are jumps. I'd love, I love to seek out and find jumps that I could jump over and try to do what I can do in, while I'm in the air. So I was with a group of friends, and they had all gone down ahead of me, so I was on the slope by myself in this nice wide slope and that was lined with trees. And I found this really big jump coming off the side of a tree. And so it was nice and big, and so I planned out in my head what I was going to do and how I was going to make the perfect trick flying off of this jump. So I got just enough speed, I got the right amount of speed, and as I was approaching the jump, I hit this jump. Now, you got to understand, I love to do kind of crazy things. So I had this idea, and some of you know what this is, some will not, but I was going to do a kick-out back scratcher with a grab. So in midair, I was going to point my skis this way while the back of my skis would be over here, and I was going to reach around and grab my skis and just kind of float through the air. So that was what I planned to do. But as most of the time we know, when we plan things, they don't always go the way we plan them. So I hit the jump, go with my skis, everything's working fine, I'm in midair, I reach back, I grab my skis, and everything is perfect. The only problem is I didn't think about where the end of my pole would be when I grabbed my skis. So I stuck the end that's supposed to go in the snow into the side of the tree. And when it hit the tree, the, the side that I was holding came back, struck me right between the eyes, sent me spinning and flipping and twirling through the air. Eventually I hit the, ski, the, the snow, came to a rest with my skis and everything scattered across the, the, um, the snow and the slope. The first thing I did was check to see if I was okay. No, no, no. The first thing I did was looked around to see if anybody else saw me. <laughs> Thankfully, I was the only one on the, on the hill. So I gathered all my stuff, got it all back on, and skied down to the bottom of the hill uh, to greet my friends. And that was when they said, what happened? And I was like, what do you mean? Well, I was bleeding down my face. And so then I had to explain to them, and then afterwards, the ski patrol and the medic who put some bandages on my, on my face so I could go back out and ski some more. Uh, so that's, that's the third scar that I got between my eyes. The fourth scar I got in the same place was in my first mixed martial arts competition. As soon as the bell rang, my opponent had the audacity to walk over to me and punch me as hard as he could right between the eyes with the very first punch of the fight. 
and uh, almost knocked me out. So that was the, the fourth scar that I got here. So I've got four of them. But I want to share with you another scar story that I have as well because, again, it, it shows kind of what scars mean to us and how we get them. And sometimes it's our own foolishness and pride. So when I was in my mid-20s, Faith and I were living in Indiana, and every year during Thanksgiving, we would go back to New York to spend time with my family. I have a really big family, and that was our biggest um, holiday, and so we would have fun together. Well, one of the traditions that we had was, as a, as a family and, and a lot of our friends, we would play football on Thanksgiving morning before we would have dinner. And so we would all get together, we'd meet at the high school football field, and we'd play. So me... You know, I was a, a college soccer player, and, and I love ath- to be athletic, and, and I take great pride in, in my physical fitness. So at that age, it was even greater. So when I was getting ready to go out there, I had this idea that I was going to show all of my cousins and my friends, because we were all extremely competitive, that I was still in the best shape of anyone. And then I could outrun everyone, and, and I was going to show how dominant I was going to be on that field that day. So, very beginning of the game, I got the ball, and I don't remember if I caught it or if it was a handoff, and I'm running down the field towards the end zone. And one of our friends, who was a few years younger than me, was, in my, was the only person in my way. I just had to get past him. So, what did I do? I put my head down, my shoulder down, and I ran right through him and scored a touchdown. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, he also put his shoulder down too, and his shoulder hit my eye right here and split it wide open. So just like every normal person, I immediately walked off the field and went to the emergency room and got stitches, right? No, not me. See, <laughs> I'm too stubborn. So I took my shirt off, wrapped it around my head, tied it, and played for another couple hours because I'm stubborn and I have a lot of pride <laughs> and I wanted to show how tough I was until I went home and um, greeted my wife and she scolded me for, for doing so. And then at the emergency room, as the doctor was stitching me up, or actually, well, first he had to clean out my cut because he was pulling gravel and dirt and grass out of my eye the whole time chastising me for being so dumb. So how often do we look at our scars and realize most of them are a result of our own pride, or our own desire to pursue what we want or what's important to us? And this morning, one of the things that we need to remember is that the scars that Jesus carries are a result of his pursuit of us. Jesus, his scars are a symbol of his love for us. And Jesus' scars are proof of that love and of his resurrection from the dead and his willingness to pay the price for our sin. So this morning, we're going to be looking at John chapter 20, verse 24 through 31. This is John's version of the story of Thomas. Pastor Michael shared about Thomas, last week from the book of Luke. This week, we're going to be looking at John chapter 20. So I want you to go ahead and take out your Bible, take out your phone, flip it open, find chapter 20, 
verse 24. And I want to read this for you. And as we do, I want you to pay attention to the interaction between Jesus and Thomas. So starting in verse 24, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the same house again, and Thomas was there with them. Through the doors, or though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out and put your hand, or reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me, yet have believed. And the purpose of this gospel, and I want you to, to look at this next two verses. So Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing may have life in his name. So in the story of Thomas and his questioning of Jesus, there are some very powerful truths that we can relate to today that can help us every single day to grow closer to him, every day to remind us of what it means to be near to Him. And what does it mean to understand Him in a deeper way? Number one is very simple. Doubt is real. How many of you experienced that? Most of us experience the, the word doubt every day in our lives in some way, shape, or form. But the reality is, just as Thomas walked with Jesus, he still doubted that his words were true. He had to put his hands on the scars of Jesus, to truly believe that Jesus has resurrected from the dead. Doubt is real, and we all have it. It comes in many shapes, and it comes in many forms. But to not recognize the fact that it's real, oftentimes can get in the way of finding the answers that we need. Jesus didn't let Thomas's doubt get in the way of him showing and revealing himself to Thomas. See, Jesus made a point when he came into that room and said, peace be with you to all the disciples. He then turned specifically to Thomas and spoke directly to him because he wanted Thomas to know how much he loved him. He wanted to know, Thomas to know that he had the answer to his doubt, that the doubt that Thomas had could simply be settled right there by letting him touch those scars on his hands inside. This morning, what doubt are you struggling with? Remember these words of, G of Thomas. Unless I see the nail marks in the hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand to, into his side, I will not believe. How many of us struggle with that and just say, if we could only 
see a miracle of God, we'll believe. If we could only see an answer to prayer, to this prayer, if only God can fix this situation the way I want Him to, I will believe. This morning, believe because He is alive. That is what we need to do. And everything else will work itself out. So the second truth that we need to learn this morning, or remember this morning from this scripture, is simply this. Jesus is alive. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that Jesus is alive? That he's not just someone who is dead and buried, but not only is he alive, but he is in heaven. He's in our hearts, and he's here specifically so that we can have eternal life with the Father. Because he came to die and be risen again so that we can experience that life in him. This morning, can you say that you truly believe he is alive? You see, Jesus said, peace be with you to Thomas. And he took the time to let Thomas touch him and experience for himself that Jesus is truly alive. And then he said, stop doubting and believe. This morning, just as Jesus said to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Can you truly say that today? That you can stop doubting in the power of Jesus and in his name and in the resurrection that he's the son of God and believe. You see, the scars Jesus has are real. And unlike mine who are centered around my own pride and my own need to compete, Jesus' scars were for you and me. They're for all of us that we may have life in him. Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to seek us even when we didn't care about him at all, even before we even knew he existed. He came and died for us. He came to seek us out. He came for us. Deuteronomy in chapter 4 it says, But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him. And with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus has come to seek us. And when we say we believe, it becomes an opportunity for us to truly seek him and grow in our faith. Are you seeking him today that you may know him in a deeper way? The third thing we need, the truth that we need to understand is we have to believe For Jesus to truly come alive in our lives, for us to truly understand who he is and what he wants to do in us, we have to say that we believe. It's not just some good story. It's not just something out there. It's not just a good book. But we truly have to say we believe in Jesus, that he is risen and he's coming back again, that he is the Son of God And he came to save me. He came to save all of us because he loves us. This morning, do you believe in the presence and the power of Jesus? Do you believe he is the Son of God? Thomas' reply to Jesus when he said, touch my hands, feel the scars if you need to. Thomas' response was simple, and it's the same response that we need to have when we encounter Jesus face to face. 
And it's simply this. Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. But do you realize that Thomas walked with Jesus for three years and it still took touching the scars for him to believe, seeing Jesus face to face to truly believe? Romans 10, 17 says these words, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. You have the word of Christ in your heart if you are a believer today. If you have given your life to Christ and you truly believe and you're walking with Him in faith, you have the word of God inside of you. Do you know that the people around you can only come to faith if they hear the word of God? You have it. You know it. You are living it. And it's living out inside and out of you. This morning, do you realize that there are people hungry for the word of God? There are people desperate for the word of God. There are people desperate for Jesus and you have him. Are you willing to be used by God so others can hear the message and believe? Let me read that again. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. You have a story of Christ in your life when you are a believer. That story was written uniquely for you as God has transformed your life through Christ. That story in you needs to be heard by someone who is desperately looking for God, desperately looking for Christ. And the story that you have in your life, the story that I have in mine, the story we have together that we can share will bring about new life in others. Because when they hear the message of Christ living out in you, they will respond through the power of Jesus working in the Holy Spirit and they will come to new life in Christ. And you get to be a part of that. Are you willing to say, I believe enough today in Jesus to be used by Him, that His words will come alive in me and in you? The fourth thing I want you to learn or remember this morning, the truth is this. And written in these last few verses, these words were written for us so that we may believe. All of Scripture, not just the book of John, but the whole of Scripture was written for us, for you and I, that when we read it, we would have life in Christ, that we would truly believe. In the last two verses of the book in in the the 20th chapter of John. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are words that are, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Scripture was written so that we may believe Scripture was written so that we would have words to share. Scripture was written so that we would be able to take these words and not only believe it ourselves, but we could share it with others and they too would believe. God's word, the gospel was written solely so that we would believe in Jesus Christ and the Father. Do you believe this morning? Chronicles 2, 7, 14. Many of you will know these verse, this verse But I believe it is so relevant and so powerful for us this morning. And it says these words, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. 
I believe all of us today can say our, hand, our land desperately needs to be healed. Our world needs to be healed. Our country needs to be healed. Everybody in our world needs the healing power of Jesus in their lives. But are we willing to humble ourselves and actually pray and seek his face so that he can do the work he desperately wants to do in and through us together? Are you willing as a church, Summit Church, to let God work through us, that we as a church would humble ourselves before Him. As a church, seek His face. As a church, call on His name. Turn from our wicked ways and follow Him so that He can do what He does and heal our land and forgive our sins. When I first met my wife in college, we could talk for hours on the phone sitting in the dorm, walking on campus. Early on in our, in our relationship, we just couldn't spend enough time together. Some of you can relate to that. But as our love grew for each other in those early years, our relationship continued to grow. And it consumed both of us as we just wanted to get to know each other. And especially for me, I wanted to get to know her. I wanted to know everything about her. And so we spent time and time and time doing so. Now after about 20 plus years of marriage, do you know that it's just as important today that I pursue her in the same way as I did back early on in our relationship? Because she's worth it. Are you doing that in your relationship with your spouses? But in the same way, are you doing that with Jesus? It's so easy to pursue God and to pursue Christ with all our hearts in the beginning, but over time, to let that newness of relationship fade. Today, it's just as important to pursue God 100%, 20, 10, 5, 50 years after a decision for Christ, as it was the very first day we met Him. So doubt is real, but Jesus is greater than our doubt. Jesus is alive, and he came to seek and bring us back to God. Believe in Jesus Christ today, because he is God. And the Bible was written for each and every one of us, so that we may believe in Jesus. Not just the church, but everyone. This morning, are you running after and pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ with the same passion, with the same heart, with the same desire that you had when you first heard his name, when you first prayed that prayer to let him into your heart? Maybe you haven't even started that relationship yet, and you're just wondering, and you're just asking questions. This morning is a great opportunity to jump into that relationship because we all have doubt and we're all going to have questions. Questions will always be there. Questions, though, often get answered after we take that jump into the relationship with Christ. Because once we accept Him into our heart and give our lives to Him, He begins to reveal and answer those questions in amazing ways that we will never know before we take that leap into a relationship with Him. You see, it does not matter when you first proclaimed, I believe, 
Every single day is an opportunity to grow in a relationship with Him exponentially. And each day is an opportunity for Him to draw us ever closer. Can you say today that we believe? Can we say as a whole community that we truly believe? That we believe our hope is in Jesus our hope for salvation, our hope for new life, our hope for a changed and transformed life, a new life, that hope for eternity with God in heaven, hope that we have strength every single day because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, hope that just as we talked about last week, that Jesus is our hope for healing, healing those wounds, some of them of our own creation, and some of them from others. Do you believe this morning? I want to invite the, usher, or the worship team to come up this morning, and they're going to lead us in a song. And as they do, I want you to listen to the words of this song. Let them not just be words that pass through your mouth and your lips, but let these words be a proclamation of your belief in God the Father of your belief in Jesus Christ, your belief in the Holy Spirit, your belief in who God is truly in your life. Let this song this morning be our anthem in our prayer. Would you stand with me as we go into this song?
Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back again. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Can you say this morning that we believe? As we close this morning, I have two questions for you. If you today are finding yourself feeling like you're a long ways away from God, even though you've walked with Him for many years or maybe a few months, there's no better time than right now to say to Jesus, we believe. And I want to seek you again with all my heart. I want to renew the flame that I had back when I first started this walk with you. I want to be so alive in you that no one can deny the burning presence of God in our lives. Or maybe you've never made that decision for Jesus and you're wondering and you still have a lot of doubts. Do you know this morning that God is the God who will quench those doubts, that will give you the faith that you need to overcome those doubts. But all you have to do is say, I believe this morning, that I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he's the son of God. I believe he is the resurrection and the life and that he will forgive me of my sins if I just pray and seek him this morning. If that is you, there's no better time than right now to come to him and to pray and give your life over to Him. So I want to give you a moment to do that. And then as we close, our closing this morning is simply to, to repeat that chorus together out loud. So if today you need to do one of those two, two things, you need to get back to God in the way that you know that He wants you to. You need to start seeking Him once again the same way you did when you first started. Or maybe this morning you need to start that anew. I want to give you a chance to pray with me. So if, if you would close your eyes and put your head down, if this is your prayer, if you want to surrender again to him, just pray these words with me. Jesus, this morning, I want you to know that I love you. And this morning, I want to proclaim that you are my Lord. You are my God. And today, you are my Savior. I give my life to you. I surrender it. I accept your forgiveness for my sin. Please forgive me so that I may be one with you. My life is yours today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning, as we, just before we walk out, and as we say this together, we will close. The words are up on the screen. I'll go ahead and put my last slide up there. They'll be up there. 
Would you read this with me together? We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He has conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back again. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit.